some boy wonder at his call His utility belt holds everything Can't find that at the mall The battlefield is super fast There is no car that is surpassed It's a good thing we've got our gun Cause he really drives us fast Drives us fast, drives us fast He really drives us fast, fast, fast He drives us fast Welcome to Kids and Their Dog, a Scooby-Doo movie review and recap podcast. I'm your Hanna-Barbera talking animal, Cassidy, and my pronouns are she and they. I'm Lava, they, them. And we have a special guest on the show for our penultimate episode. (laughs) Please introduce yourself as you'd like to be introduced. Hi, uh, my name is Jeremy. Uh, I'm the wacky sidekick uh, that will somehow become fetishized across the entire internet. Hi, he, him as well. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, we were talking about Batman, um, which yeah. is fine. We can keep talking about Batman because there's no Scooby Doo news for me to talk about. Yes. However, there is Batman news. Uh, apparently, the new Batman movie is expected to come out March fourth. The Batman is the name. The, of Batman, the Batman movie, which the I Batman. hate that they call it the Batman because how many, how many Batman properties are just called the Batman? The only other one I can think of is that animated one. Okay, maybe yeah. that's why, because that's what I watched as a kid, so maybe I'm biased. Um, but the reason why we started talking about Batman, aside from the obvious of us, you know, talking about the episode, um, is apparently there's supposed to be a Mountain Dew coming out with the Batman movie. Yeah, we've been talking about this since we did that joke podcast for April Fool's Day last year. Yeah. Or was that two um, years ago? No, that was I, last year. It was last year. God, it feels like it was three years ago. <laughs> well, we've done the same kind of bit every year for April Fool's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just one long, continuous bit. I just, I, I feel like it's been more than a year since we talked about Homestuck. Uh, At some point, the bit becomes sincere. Uh, it it did almost bits, immediately. The bit's kind of always sincere around here. The Mountain Dew bit especially became sincere the moment I purchased like five Mountain Dews for the bit. I was already uh, lost. That is that is some commitment and I applaud it. Yeah. <laughs> I still need to get that Applebee's exclusive Mountain Dew. I need yeah. to know. But, I need you know, to know what it tastes like. I bet it tastes like apples and bees. <laughs> Uh, Mostly you, bees, if we're being honest. Do you know about the Darkberry Blast? I do not or know Dark about Berry the Darkberry Blast. Yeah, no, ever ever since uh, it was confirmed that I am in fact diabetic, I have stayed away from all sugary things, so. Uh-huh. Respect. Good idea to, to stay yeah. away from them. It's, I, I miss it. I miss, I miss doing the do, but I, I can't anymore. I just, I need you, I'm gonna send you a link to the Applebee's website. Okay. I've, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar. <laughs> Cassidy, who do you think you're talking to? I know who I'm talking to. Oh, jeez, that is horrifying. I love it. I love the logo for this. It, it's so a lot good. of Mountain Dew flavor logos are terrible. Yeah, this one is really good. This I love is, the spaceman. Uh, dare I say this one is rad? Yeah. This is. I, I want this in a bottle so that way I can get a bottle with that logo on it. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tempt the bots. I want this on a T-shirt. <laughs> okay. There, here's the thing. Is that I have learned that I would not be above buying certain Mountain Dew merchandise just to have the Mountain Dew logos on them. <laughs> yeah. I want I want one shirt that combines all of the Mountain Dew logos. 
um just like 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 an ed hardy kind of thing right oh i was going to compare it to uh back in like elementary school when people would make uh taylor's juice pouches and turn them into purses yeah yeah but yeah, do that I, with mountain dew that would probably be less offensive to the eye which is why i prefer the ed hardy shirt mm. <laughs> what if they put mountain dew in a pouch like a like a capri sun like a capri sun oh god I don't think they could do carbonation in a pouch. You, instead of doing like a, a punch straw, you probably do like uh, the app, the squeezy apple sauces do. Oh. oh god. Okay, if we slightly thicken it such that it is like a gogurt. Okay, but if we're gonna do that, it has to be the frozen kind. Frozen Mountain Dew gogurt. Yeah. Million dollar idea. Yeah, just like a slushy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I got like I bought these things like. I, well, I'm not going to say a year ago because we already I just established that I don't know how long ago a year was. Um it's been but like they a were year like for the last 2 years. They were like milkshake things that came in little pouches like that and mm-hmm. you just like mm-hmm. took them out, let them thaw for a few minutes and then just opened up the cap and squeezed out the milkshake into your mouth. Yeah. It was it was a decent enough milkshake. That's good. Anyways, um I guess that's it for Batman news. <laughs> Talk about Mountain Dew for prim- the the majority of it. Oh, um, I love it. I love this yeah. show. This show's great. It's the same. It's, it's going to be good. over in another episode from now. Ugh. I I'm so happy to be your penultimate guest. Thank you. Yeah, you might be our last guest, depending on whether or not I, I think we should ra- reach out to some. Okay, so I'm going to talk about it now because w- otherwise I'm going to talk about it at the end of the episode. Okay. Um, the last movie we have on our list. So far, unless they like stealth drop a Scooby Doo movie in the next month, is uh straight out of nowhere the Scooby Doo Courage the Cowardly Dog crossover that came out like a few months ago. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, and at the time it was like announced, we were like maybe going to do like a guest spot with another podcast that, to be honest, I don't actually know a whole lot about. But a friend of a friend was like, "Hey, you should do a crossover with these people for it." Um. And so we were like, oh, well, maybe, but then we were like, we actually don't have any open slots until after the new year, <laughs> because this is a monthly podcast. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, and also, because it's the last movie, I'm like, do I want to just get someone who's never been on the show before, or do I want to, like, grab someone who's, like, a meaningful guest, you know? Yeah, yeah. I would, I would lean towards, like, narrative uh mirroring if you get your first guest back on i think that was charlie mm. yeah just, just tie it all back together anyways yeah show's gonna be over soon yeah i'm, I'm gonna keep thinking about that huh <sighs> it's, a, it's a little it's a little you uh, keep saying the words i keep saying those words it's true um anyways we have some questions here about being batman the brave and or the bold yes um the first question here comes in from crest at fantasy crest on twitter what do you think about the scooby-doo realm being part of the dc universe as a whole i don't think you've really talked about it beyond fusion fall i don't think we would have talked about it when we talked about fusion fall because scooby-doo wasn't in fusion fall um but i think it's neat i think it's fun It, it feels like it's just been always a thing hasn't it like they've done these kind of crossovers for a while yeah yeah um like even like you know during the, the new Scooby-Doo movies, there was the whole, you know, it's the thing where they have the celebrity guests and that, that establishes like, hey, these exist in this world. 
um, and that hasn't ever been stopped because, you know, various crossovers either way, um, you know, between like, uh, in Scooby-Doo Guess Who, there's an episode where they team up with the Flash, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like not, not to mention all of the various comics that exist. Um, yeah. And like Scooby-Doo and, uh, Batman have been kind of a match for a while. Like I want to say like Adam West guest starred. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it definitely was like in the first TV show. Yeah. Yeah. So this has been established for a while. Mm-hmm. Um. Plus, there is that episode of Batman: Brave and the Bold, where uh, Batmite sends a Batman into the Scooby Doo crossover again. <laughs> and they punch the. There's a there's a nice image out there of Shaggy just punching the Joker. <laughs> uh. Anyways, I think that sort of covers that question. Uh. Next. Yeah set of questions come in from charlie winter vampire at magical underscore pride uh sir first question is who is your favorite batman slash bat family member alfred uh damian wayne because he has giant gremlin energy yeah so i don't know a whole lot about batman media like i've really only watched uh like ancillary things like i didn't grow up watching batman the animated series or any of that i I watched Mm -hmm. all of batman brave and the bold like in college Mm -hmm. and then uh i've watched all of like the cw dc shows none of which are about batman Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so i think my answer is uh, that time that uh dick grayson became batman because bruce wayne was dead I haven't read those comics, but I, I I know that it's those are the comics in which Batman is smiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Dick's a good Batman, if we're being yeah. honest. Do you think any of the gang could make it in Gotham as a superhero or a villain? I love the idea of Scooby and Shaggy being villains related to food. <laughs> I think it would be very funny. Uh, I'm going to say yes to both. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, a lot of the Batman rogues gallery are just people who have a love of complex schemes and plans and traps. And I think at least three members of uh, of the gang, the Mystery Inc. gang, it, it fit that bill. Fred. Uh. Fred, uh, Daphne, and Velma, actually. Yeah, Velma is like also shown in this movie to be able to outsmart basically any like crime-solving member of the Mystery yeah. Analysts of Gotham. Yes. Uh, Velma is shown to be like canonically smarter than uh, basically every one of these high-profile DC detectives. So, whatever. I I suddenly got the idea of um, those three having their own person in the rogues gallery as like someone to work under for a day. <coughs> I don't know who, but I thought about it and I was like, "Oh, that would be really funny." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like that. They'd be a, the equivalent of that uh, one gang that's all themed after uh, playing cards. Mm. Oh, yeah, the, the Royal Flesh Gang, yeah. 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 Uh, Charlie's last question here is for Jeremy. Jeremy, mm-hmm. when are we going to record that episode? Um, so it would be a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Probably not a Monday this month, but Tuesdays or Wednesdays are pretty open. 
this this will be going up on like the 31st probably I, oh, from somewhere well between then, the 29th and the 31st well then if we're looking at february i think uh as long as i don't have mandatory overtime on a monday mondays should be relevant tuesdays and wednesdays usually easier all right i hope you're listening charlie <laughs> you could just you could just ask me you have my <laughs> you have my discord dm you could just pester me about this i think charlie <laughs> sent us this question while we were all in a group call so <laughs> I think that but that was last night wasn't it yeah it was 22 that's hours what, ago that's that's what that was about i see uh all right last set of questions here coming from tanner current display name will you make tanner the third happiest them in saskatchewan <laughs> at sparky upstart first question when is the best time to bold a word hmm as opposed to italicizing a word um i like bolding if it's a keyword mm. um <laughs> which is also usually when i capitalize just random words in my sentences um because that's just the way that i type but like I'd say any time that I capitalize a word, I would say it's a safe time to bold it. If you are in a position to bold, huh? I, I would. Yeah. Sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No. 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 Oh, okay. I would agree with that, but also I would say in a narrative sense, uh, bold helps when you want to emphasize something uh, in a uh, dramatic sense. So not when you want to call attention to it, but when you want it to have an emotional punch. I'm realizing, thinking about it, is that I don't think I have bolded a word for any kind of reason in several years, if not ever. My only emphasis um, when it comes to wording is like either italicized or caps entirely. I think I, even recently, if I'm doing Discord stuff, I'm never really going to go for the bold. I'm either going to go for the italicized or the bold italicized. Mm hmm. That is a bold decision. <laughs> Listen, we've you've had a conversation about how you appreciate the M dash, and I think I that love the M dash. I forget what's good. You were like, it was one of those like pick one that's gotta go, and mm -hmm. I don't remember what the options were. All I know is that you picked the one that I use in defense <laughs> of the one that I have never used in my life. <laughs> I I have uh, strong feelings towards the M dash, so uh, I apologize for nothing. <laughs> Alright, uh, Tanner's next question. Which Batman villain would make the best Mystery Inc. stand-in while Velma and Hot Dog Water are on vacation? Huh. I mean, I feel like, uh, if you need the intelligence level, I guess maybe it's the Riddler. Mm-hmm. That's what I was gonna say. Um, trying to think if there's anyone else that immediately springs to mind. Okay, so we're, we're specifically replacing, uh, Velma and Hot Dog Water. Yeah. Replacing two people. Well, I think Hot Dog Water is not usually part of the gang. She's only okay. a part of the gang for like two episodes. Okay, so we're mostly replacing Velma. Yeah. Okay. It's just this is why Velma's on vacation. Killer Croc. <laughs> Killer Croc, okay. I was thinking the, maybe shake Gorilla up the dynamic. Grodd. Gorilla Grodd's more of a Flash villain. Yeah, yeah. But I like that we're going in the same direction, right? King Shark. <laughs> King Shark, yes. King Shark for, for forever. Days. Done. I'm remembering Scarecrow was uh, had a fun <sighs> dynamic with Velma in one of the movies that we did. Yes, that was Happy Halloween Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Where Which... Scarecrow was just in it. 
Just there was Scar- no Scarecrow's other Batman there. stuff going on. Just Scarecrow Scare- was there. Yeah, Scarecrow's just there. I love the idea of the the Batman Rogues Gallery just being in Scooby Doo. Just you know, why not? Yeah. Well, I mean, this whole thing canonically takes place in the DC like universe. This, it's yeah. All, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny that they also just didn't use Fear Toxin as a major part of the plot. It's just I know no, Scarecrow's just here. Scarecrow's just there. Fear Toxin was barely touched on, if it was even mentioned. I don't think. Uh, so it's just funny. a guy in a in like a in like a burlap sack mask. Just yeah. a guy. Uh, um, could Damian Wayne be used to redeem Scrappy Doo in the eyes of popular culture? Jeremy, you're gonna have to field this one. I barely know anything <laughs> about Damian Wayne. Okay. Uh, so, for the listeners who may not be familiar with this character uh damien is bruce wayne's son uh with talia al ghul who was raised by the league of assassins and is essentially the best character in modern batman comics um <laughs> i'm pretty sure he's in a committed long-term relationship with uh john kent superman's son uh, although that's mostly fanon uh point is damien's amazing how how would damien rehabilitate scrappy i have no idea um but you put you put Damien alongside any other character and it's comedy gold, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna say yes. I think it would be hysterical. Lemme at him! Lemme at him <laughs> Yeah, they're they're both very like uh again for lack of a better word, scrappy kind of characters. So they <laughs> they wouldn't really like bounce off of each other. I think they would more like fuel uh in the same direction. I think ca- okay. Very I think I know how you can make this work. Okay, it's a crossover of you know Scooby Doo and Batman again, um, but instead of it being the full gang, it's uh, the uh, the layout where it's just Shaggy, Scooby, and Scrappy. Maybe Daphne's there also. That's up in the air. It's unnecessary, but we like Daphne. Um, and then on the other end, it's Batman and uh, Damian Wayne Robin, uh, and so. Both sides are having to like rein in their their punchier member, and there's parallels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Parallel arcs where they have to uh, they butt heads at first, and then they have to learn how to work together and maybe curb their worst tendencies. Yeah, because the the rest of the of the group is like captured by villain of the week. Yeah, and they have to work together to rescue them. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Alright, I feel like we got a glimpse into your thoughts on this next question. Uh, Damien X Marinette thoughts. I don't know who that second character is. Oh. Uh, M- Miraculous Ladybug, I think? I haven't seen that. I hear it's good. I hear it's good, too. I just assumed it was another character in modern Batman comics. I will pair Damien with anyone, so yeah, sure. Do it. I might be completely wrong, but my that was my first thought when I saw that name. It's a question I, that I have no ideas about what it could be either way. I, I do want to say I uh, I love Damien, and when I say I will pair Damien with any other character, it's not in a romantic sense, it's in a narrative sense. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. again, you put Damien in the same uh, vicinity as basically any other character, and the writing just happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get that kind of stuff with the really good characters. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I don't, okay, we got, we're in the second set of Tanner questions now. Classic um, Tanner questions. This is the problem with this next question is that I don't know who this first person is, let alone their songs. Um, and I'd have to pull it up now, and also get a pronunciation guide for the last name. Uh, is "Brave" by Sarah 
I, I, it's two L's, I, but I don't know if it's going to be a Y sound or not. Hang on. I'm going to say Bereas. I'm just going to assume it's a, a Y sound. Is it a good song? Better than Love Song? Borellas. Borellas, okay. Borellas. Um, I kind of sort of remember Brave. Uh, okay. Because it was like a big thing in 2013, I think. Um, I do not remember Love Song at all. Isn't Love Song the Taylor Swift song? Uh, it, Google says it's by Sarah, Sarah, her. Okay, I guess that would make sense to compare them then. Um, Tanner, you're going to have to, you're going to have to consult the Corner Pod Discord and ask anyone who is familiar with music there, because that is not me. I'm sorry. I don't know music. I was only on your Glee podcast because you asked me to be. (laughs) (laughs) I found a 20-second clip of Brave uh, on the Wikipedia page for it. Uh, It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I like it. Mm. I don't know that I I don't know that I quantify better versus worse in that sort of way, but it is is good. From what I remember, both songs have a very similar vibe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can see that. I almost want to say like anthem, if that makes sense. Not like an anthem anthem, but Almost, uh, I don't want to say call to action. That's the very, very wrong vibe. I'm. Uh, I know oh, what I you mean remember. when you say anthem. Yeah. 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 I think I think that's a um, a reasonable word to use for the song, or at least from this twenty second clip. Gotcha. All right. Next question. Another thing that I know nothing about. Do you think Fred likes the musical Waitress? <sighs> uh. I have heard people reference this musical a lot recently. For reasons that I do not know why. Um, I do not know what it is. I don't know much about any musical whatsoever. Oh, is this the one? Wait, hang on. I saw, I looked at the Wikipedia page and I saw two things. Is apparently, uh, like, about a waitress in the American South trapped in an unha- unhappy marriage with her controlling husband, Earl. And I'm like, oh, wait, is that that song? Is this the plot of the chicks' song, Goodbye, Earl? It it must be, right? I I'm not I don't have time to look at the Truly a lesbian anthem. Yeah. Uh but that's my immediate thought. I mean probably. I think Fred's a musical liker. I can see that. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like Fred would be very emotional musical liker. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More in it for the feelings than just like the musical yeah. sense of it. Oh yeah. I feel like I feel like we could just ask Frank Wilker at this point. <laughs> I mean, he's been Fred long enough, right? Like, does Frank Wilker like the musical Waitress is a, is the interesting question. And if so, then I'm going to say that Fred does as well. Is there anyone who stands a chance at out-girlbossing Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman? No. Simply because of the whole, um, she was like, a, she became a pro at using the whip. Like, there's a whole, like, video clip of her being, like, amazing at using the whip was was she the cat woman that there there's that video going around of her just like decapitating four mannequins uh, yeah that's her mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay i couldn't remember if it was that cat woman or the other cat woman from around mm-hmm. that time period mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. last question from tanner and our last question overall it's the most important question you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight uh that is between me and the devil thank you not recently okay thank you for the questions tanner and everyone else also yes thank you for all of the excellent questions all right and that takes us to the part where we actually have to talk about the movie 
Uh, Jeremy, you said you did a bunch of research. I have reams upon reams of notes here. All right, well, let me know when you want to drop any knowledge. In the meantime, I'm going to do our basic intro stuff of... uh, Sorry. Reams reams sounds. Sorry. Okay, yes, go ahead. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So, yes, we're watching Scooby-Doo and Batman Brave and the Bold. The film premiered at the TCL Chinese Theater on January 6th, 2018, and was released on DVD and digitally on January 9th of 2018. Directed by Jake Castorina. Screenplay by Paul Giacapo. With story by James Tucker, Michael Jelenic, and Kaz. And produced by Michael Jelenic. Um, James Tucker and Michael Jelenic both worked on Batman Brave and the Bold. Hmm. Nice. Uh, featuring the voice acting talent of Frank Welker as Scooby-Doo and Fred Jones. Great Delisle Griffin as Daphne Blake, Black Canary, and Waitress. Matthew Lillard as Shaggy Rogers, Kate McCucci as Velma Dinkley, Diedrich Baker as Batman, or Diedrich Bader as Batman, John Michael Higgins as Riddler, Jeffrey Combs as The Question and Professor Sam Scarlet, John DiMaggio as Aquaman, Mr. Freeze, and The Crimson Cloak, Nika Futterman as Catwoman, Nicole Guest as Martian Manhunter, sorry, wrong name, Nicholas Guest as Martian Manhunter, Jeff Bennett as Joker and the Arkham security guard that gets voiced in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Kenny as the Penguin and Plastic Man. Kevin Michael Richardson as Clayface, Detective Chimp, and the male GNN news reporter. Tara Strong as Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, and the female GNN news reporter. Fred Tashiore as Harvey Bullock, Bane, Blockbuster, and Killer Croc. And Sam Regal goes uncredited as Professor Milo and Leo Scarlet. It's a uh, star-studded cast all around. Mm-hmm. Quite a lot of people. Yes. A lot of big names in there. I, I we... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, what I don't like here is that I had to add the to a lot of these names because I, I pulled the, the cast listing from Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they did just list the question as question. Yeah. And the penguin as penguin. Peng- penguin as penguin, depending on your version, is actually accurate, but it should always be the question. Yeah, the question is, like, the the full name, not yeah. question. Much oh, like sorry. the Batman. It will yeah. only ever be the penguin to me because of Charlie saying, I am going to become the penguin. <laughs> I guess, again, fair read. Okay. Also, I'm glad they got Jeffrey Combs back as the question, uh, because he played the question in Justice League Unlimited, so it's all, it's nice to hear that same voice. Oh, nice. Because I expect it. <laughs> mm. Alright, um... um nope, yeah. Oh, I was gonna get started. It's like, we start in media res again, like we have been for a while, in most Scooby-Doo movies. Almost every episode yeah. for the past three and a half years. Yeah. Um... We're in, what was it, a spooky house? I wrote down spooky house. It's like a uh, puppet theater, I think is what it was supposed to be. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, it's a historic theater. Um, I for, They actually say the name of it, but it's like like some sort of historic theater. Gotcha. Um, sh- uh, Scooby and Shaggy are getting chased by a puppet ghost two, part, part, two-parter. Um, the Puppeteer and a marionette, I think it was. Yeah, Puppetto and mm-hmm. Freddo. Or oh yeah, Fredo. Um, and they're complaining because they're always getting chased. They're always mm-hmm. the ones getting chased. Um, we cut to Velma, Fred, and Daphne who are setting up a trap. Only Scooby and Shaggy uh, burst in while they're getting uh, chased. 
Um, but the trap's not ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so there, I, I'm sorry. I do, I do want to point out. There's a really fun line uh, at the beginning here, where they're running away from the the ghost and the puppet, and they're like, "Why is it always our, us running away from this?" And they're like, "Yeah, it's just default behavior at this point." I love a self aware intro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the monster heads towards the gang, a battering flies in and explodes, sending the monster running off. And Batman drops in, and the gang is surprised to see the world's greatest detective. And he tells uh, them to not yeah. be here and go hang out at a mall shop. Mm-hmm. The gang defend themselves. It's like, we're mystery solvers, too. Uh, yeah, and as they're defending themselves, the puppet monster shows back up. And Batman just fights it while the gang deal with uh, Fredo the puppet. Um, uh, Fred accidentally traps Batman in the trap they had previously been trying to set up. Um, and there, there's a moment where... Fred uses a um a lighter, a match to uh, it was a match a match to see, and the the puppet is scared of the fire. And for a second, I thought that was going to be important, but it never actually you know. Well, it, it is. is important. It is very important. Uh, also, I love the fact that Fred carries exactly one match. It's it's useful to have a single match. A single match. Oh, a, a full matchbook, but a single match in it. Single match. Um. Yes, so he sets off the trap, accidentally traps Batman, and then we see the ghost part of the the puppet monster is afraid of fire, but the match goes out before he can take advantage of this, so they all have to run out of the building. Fred then drives a bulldozer into the entrance, causing uh, the monster to get caught in the rubble. Uh, and then they go over on what they're even doing here, because they all, Mystery Incorporated got an anonymous email asking for their help with a string of puppet-involved theft. Clearly, this must have been Papetto the Puppeteer, who locals claim his ghost has been terrorizing them since they voted to tear down the theater. Uh, and the small puppet, Fredo, uses his limbs to steal things in all the footage. And that, coupled with the fact that there's banana peels at all of the scenes of crimes, it's clear that they aren't actually ghosts. Even if the Papetto ghost was afraid of fire and phased through Batman's hand. Oh, that's why. I was mm-hmm. sitting here thinking, why is it important? <laughs> I, I, I completely forgot about well, see, that whole thing. The original Pepetto, the real the real life Pepetto, was a trained fire eater, so clearly he would not be afraid of a match. Clearly, he would eat the match. Clearly his ghost would not be afraid of a single match. So clearly Fredo and Pepetto are really Martian, Martian Manhunter and, and Detective Chimp. The gang are very confused on why there are good guys stealing, but turns out it, it was it was a test. Yay! It was all an elaborate ruse. Um, you are ready to join the mystery analysts of Gotham. And they're given a little badge card. Yeah. Um, apparently there's a meeting set for the following week. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby also point out that talking animals freak them out. <laughs> yes. And also puppets. Uh, also, yeah, the, the meeting is set for next week, and Batman's like, but until then, I want some help on a few cases. And then as they walk away, we see the red cloaked figure watching. Uh, Batman asking for help on the next few cases does not come up, because it no. just cuts to a week from now. Yeah, it just cuts to the meeting. Uh, after an intro that's basically just the Batman Brave and the Bold intro, but Mystery Inc. is also there. It's, it, it, oh, okay. It's really cool as an intro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Batman Brave and the Bold has a very good visual style yeah yeah i actually took i actually noted that the credits are all are uh, pretty excellent there it's a very good 
like like words as buildings and like it's it's very very stylish. Mm-hmm. Um, and funny enough, in media res, we get Batman fighting some of Riddler's goons. Yep. Um, plus a whole bunch of other villains show up. I did not write down any of them who appeared. Uh, Killer Croc and Catwoman. Gotcha. And then a whole bunch of heroes show up. Aquaman in the question. Yes. And Aquaman um, is the best. <laughs> yes, Aquaman is very funny. Brave and the Bold movie. Aquaman is so good. He's just uh, he's like a, that. Yeah, he's an absolute mm-hmm. unit of a himbo, and I love him. There's an episode of Batman Brave and the Bold of this Aquaman and his family going on a vacation. Uh, oh, God. They're, tra- yes. they're going on a cross-crunchy road trip. And it's, so it's, it's Aquaman and Mara and Aqualad. And they're all in, a, on, all in an RV. Oh and he, he's just itching to do hero shit, but there's there's no no heroing allowed on vacation, and they, they they're driving down the highway, and who's that in the car next to him? Why it's it's uh, I want to say Taskmaster, but I don't know if Taskmaster's the right character. <laughs> who's the who's the villain that is got all the sports equipment? Oh, Sportsmaster. Sportsmaster. Yeah, it's Close Sportsmaster enough. and his family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh gosh, it's a good episode. Um, Big fan. Yeah, I I love how um like just campy and fun all of these characters are. Yeah, this whole movie is full of that kind of good camp. Yeah, yeah. Like this is this is very definitely a nod to like old school like Adam West style Batman, where he's kind of like tongue in cheek, like melodramatic alliteration all over the place. It's great. Oh yeah, like especially um there is a lot of alliteration which mm-hmm. me being me who grew up with Dark and Darkwing Duck. I o- yes. I always think of Darkwing Duck who was of course, you know, based off of the original Batman. Yes. So. Darkwing Duck uh, best knockoff Batman. Yeah. I have some good news for you if you enjoy the the styles of of humor in this Batman film. Mm-hmm. There are 3 seasons of the show that are all very much the same. Gotcha. I might have to check that out. And every episode features like a different like DC guest. I'm very mad at you, by the way, Cassidy. What's up? You linked to a song from the Music Meister episode or yes. whatever it was, and I immediately had to go watch the the song of the Music Meister, <laughs> and I episode. got it stuck in my head. And there's several that, that good song... episodes with the Blue Beetle. Ugh. a lot of good stuff. It's 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 definitely one of my I need to watch this at some point. Yeah, shows. absolutely. And also, I just again I love the voice actors. Diedrich Bader is an absolute professional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Joy to joy to listen to. Very good Batman choice. Oh, he's a great he's a great Batman. He's got that very particular cadence to his voice. I think, and don't quote me on this. I could be wrong, but I think he also does Batman in the Harley Quinn animated series from HBO. Hmm. I've been meaning to watch that. It is mostly good. There are some parts that are kind of not great, but overall, it's, it's that sounds like an accurate review of it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I love their version of King Shark. So Aquaman, the question, and Batman face off against the Riddler, Killer Croc, and Catwoman. They fight with Bam Pow. Batman says they're you know they they beat him up. Batman says they're running late for the meeting, so he has Aquaman wet all the villains, and then he shocks them all with an electrified battering or something. Uh, Aquaman is not invited to the meeting because he is not a detective, and it makes him all grumpy about it. He's very sad about it, and I am sad for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gang is 
on the way to the meeting as well. And on the way, Velma reveals that she's narrowed down possible Batman secret identities from several, like, you know, several thousand, or several hundred thousands, down to about 6,000. That's, like, really impressive, though. Yeah, it's great work. Yeah. Uh, they find the alley where the meeting should be, but there's like a million doors here. Uh, but Daphne spots some graffiti that she recognizes as an anagram for Mystery Analyst of Gotham. And there's a little gap in some bricks to enter the, the badge card, Word which opens jumbles. the door. <laughs> Word jumbles. Word jumbles. When they uh, head inside. Also- oh, good. No, I was going to say, this is also one of my earliest notes, because in the van, uh, they, they make a joke about, you know, Shaggy and Scooby eating things as they do. Uh, and uh, the note here is, folks, don't give your dogs chocolate chips. It's bad for them. <laughs> well, good news is that they're not going to get a chance to eat too many of them. <laughs> so they go inside and there's Batman, Martian Manhunter, Detective Chimp. And Martian Manhunter just eats all of the cookies because they are yep. the chocolate chip ones. Mine. Mine. This is a uh, running bit throughout this movie. Yeah. Yes. I, uh, I they also... Go ahead. They also uh, meet The Question and uh, Black Canary. And also Plastic Man, who I love. And also Plastic Man, who's great. Love Plastic Man. I love Brave and the Bold Plastic Man a lot, specifically. Yeah. This is one of the things that I actually wanted to bring up, because uh, little known fact, I flippin' love Plastic Man. <laughs> um. Plastic Man is canonically basically the strongest superhero in the DC universe. Most powerful creature in the entire DC can. Plastic I Man. I believe it. I'd believe it, yeah. Yeah. There's an entire storyline where Plastic Man was reduced to his constituent molecules spread across the Atlantic Ocean for a couple of centuries and just walked it off. Nice. Yeah, that sounds like him. I could also see I I'm I don't know much about him, but I could mm-hmm. also see him having a uh kind of Looney Tunes slash um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit style of immortality. Yeah, yeah, he he actually is just straight up immortal as far as I can tell, uh, because he is made of essentially plastic, so he doesn't age, he doesn't mm. really have organs, he's essentially a solid piece of plastic. Uh, he's completely immune to mind control. Almost every conventional weapon, uh, like canonically comics, Batman says that he could probably walk off a nuclear bomb, be just fine. Um, and also, uh, most magic in the DC universe. So he is more invulnerable than Superman. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, yeah. Also, speaking of Looney Tunes in relation to Plastic Man, is there are a series of shorts, I think, that they did where Plastic Man is doing the Looney Tunes style slapstick and, like, you know, saving small problems. Nice. I, mm-hmm. I think there's mm-hmm. one that's like a baby stay out kind of thing with Plastic Man, but I do not remember for sure. <laughs> it's um, a very good character. Yeah, really good. And so basically the thing about the uh, the the mystery analyst of Gotham is all the members, if any of them have a tough case, they present it to the group, and they all solve it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman, and as... apparently, has only one unsolved case, which they find out when they um, are directed to, when the gang are directed to pick out a case for new members to try to solve. Yeah, they're like, yeah, uh, you're the new people, pick the next one we're going to do. And so they yeah. obviously want to do Batman's only unsolved case, but he's like, oh, of course. no. But before you can fully tell them no, Aquaman breaks in, wearing a disguise. Yes. It's the Arthur Clarence. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Batman just gives up on trying to get him to leave, and he's just like, all yeah, right, listen, you can stay. 
Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. You can be the mascot. Uh, crime alert goes off. Apparently there's something going on at uh, Gotham Science Storage or whatever. Chemical, Chemical Storage. storage. Uh, Batman suggests that Mystery Inc. take the lead on the investigation and they all head out. Uh, they get there and it's dark and there's a voice whispering calling out to Batman. No one else hears Batman. it. But Batman. Batman. Uh, there's rustling going around, but Manhunter doesn't sense anything living around here. And it looks like the alarm has been set off intentionally, wanting them to come here. Uh, so the gang splits up, each of them with a DC character or two. You have Fred with Black Canary, Scooby with Batman and Aquaman, Shaggy with Manhunter and The Question, and Daphne with Plastic Man. Oh, and also Velma with Detective Chimp. And it should be uh, noting that Fred has been crushing on uh, Dinah very hard here. Mm-hmm. Um... Aquaman offers to Scooby, I believe it was, to mm-hmm. ask Batman about his unsolved case. And here was the start of my personal red herring. Ooh. Ooh. So I don't know much about Bra- Batman Brave and the Bold. Um, and there was a, there's a moment right now where Aquaman is asking uh, Batman about his un- unsolved case. And he asks if he's lost another Robin. And me, not knowing anything particular about Batman Brave and the Bold, but knowing the general Batman mythos, I'm like, holy crap. Right? What a what a what a question. What a what a question to drop in the middle like Yeah. yeah they they walk a very fine line between being surprisingly dark at times and just referencing yeah. things that are. Yeah. Um, so Batman's not having it. He walks away. He doesn't address it at all. Yeah, so um, I, I want to talk about that real quick. Um, which, yes. What's interesting about that is that there are literally no Robins in Batman Brave and the Bold. Like, you know, there there's references really? to there having been a Robin. Like, there is an episode where he teams up with Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is at no point a a Robin on, on, like, his team. Interesting. Instead of teaming up with a Robin, he is usually teaming up with another superhero of the week. Interesting. So, so with that, we can actually place the timeline of this the Batman, uh, because that means that this is uh, post Jason Todd, but pre Tim Drake. Mm. That's a yeah, that sounds about in. right. <laughs> yeah. So, so regarding this, um, we're not quite to where I'm like, oh my god, uh, but this this started it. There's another scene in between this scene and the one I'm trying to get it to. Where Velma and Detective Chimp um, find that there are some missing files of a radioactive isotrope, um, and they're like kind of competitive about it. Like, yeah, oh, Velma's yes, just one-upping this. this chimp. Yeah, more like a chump. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there's another scene where Plastic Man and uh, Daphne are talking about it, talking about stuff. And Plastic Man used to be a criminal. Which is revealed here, for for some reason. Yeah, um, Plastic Man just like drops his secret identity immediately. He's like, "Oh yeah, my real name is Edward O'Brien," and Daphne's like, "Oh, I know you. You're a criminal." Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, okay, I guess that's a thing. Um, and then we find out that Plastic Man is like really affected by the cold and splits up with Daphne. Um, which I don't think ever comes back up. It does not. I think it's supposed to set up Plastic Man as a red herring because he doesn't show back up until after the monster's revealed. Gotcha. Okay. So, 
this is the point where I started to spend the rest of the movie going like, okay, it's this, right? So (laughs) we made up with the rest of the gang. Yeah, everyone's Uh, here except for Plastic Man. Yes. There is a red cloaked figure who's starting to appear. And he calls himself the Crimson Cloak. And I point at the screen and I go, oh my god, is this the Red Hood? Jason? Jason? Is this Jason? (laughs) I'm like, I spend the next, like, half of the movie thinking it must be this. That would be such an excellent direction for this. I was so convinced. So convinced. That would have been great. Okay, but imagine, like, if that was the case, this next line of, you did this to me. Do you yes! remember? Right? Yes! Right? Oh, God, that would have been so good. I was so into this idea, and I am disappointed. Like, it makes sense, knowing the rest of the backstory of the movie, but I'm so disappointed! <sighs> okay. that, was, that is some that, squandered potential. The thing that actually upsets me about this is that, um, I'm just going to speed through some stuff real quick. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, the villain introduces himself as Crimson Cloak because Batman doesn't recognize them. Uh, no one's powers can hit them, and the gang runs as a Crimson Cloak sets several things on fire and explodes the building. Plastic Man shows back up, puts everyone in a ball, and they escape the explosion. Heroes put out the fire, and Batman says he'll meet the gang at a mall shop on Ruby and Spears. Which is a fun reference that I love to see a Ruby Spears reference in any Scooby-Doo media. Um, so after ordering a total of nine chocolate shakes, the gang are approached by Detective Harry Bullock. And a couple of Gotham cops. He's asking him about the break-in they were just at, and they, he shows them a picture of the mystery machine leaving the scene. They're about to be arrested for not having an alibi, for telling them what happened when Batman shows up and is like, "Hey, don't. <laughs> you need a warrant for that." And so they leave, and he orders a buttermilk over ice. Uh, and then he goes over and he's like, "I listen. I checked everything in the on the back computer. It can't be any of these villains." And he lists off some villains that it can't be, including Clayface. <laughs> yep. I didn't catch that. It's. <sighs> I mean, yeah, okay, sure, bats. It's a good. It's a good theory you got there. I just. I'm so. This is a spoilers for the the final of the movie, which mm-hmm. listen, listen. You shouldn't be listening to us and and not expect to be spoiled. We we can't help ourselves. Um, we try, but yeah. we can't. Help Sometimes we just now. need to talk about when the movie does a thing that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's it's not a good secret reveal when you just straight up say no. It literally isn't this guy. I know because yeah. I use the back computer. Like and- <laughs> because- spoiler alert. Because later, they use the back computer to find out it's Clayface. Yeah. <laughs> Although, granted, in the second second half, they already had, like, an actual clue that it was, like, straight up his clay footprint. But still. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, they, they rule out Clayface early on so that later on, when it is actually Clayface, you're like, oh, no, what a shock. But, but that's not it, how shock should work. That's not how like, Scooby-Doo movies in particular should work. Yeah. Especially or, if like he checks the if he checks the back computer now and it tells him that he's at ba- Blackgate because he clearly isn't. Yeah, he's clearly not. Uh, anyway, I didn't notice that because I was lost in my um terrible theory about the neighborhood. <laughs> it's excellent, not something you would notice theory. that unless you would know have who been the a villain better, is. Would have been a better twist. 
God, I was so into that idea. God, that would have been such a like. Now that you now that you mention it, I'm like that would have been amazing. It's like, uh, why would he? What uh, like why would Aquaman say the line? Have you lost another Robin? Why else yeah. would he say it? And and the way he delivers it, because I even again I wrote this down. He emphasizes another. Yeah, yeah. Like th- this is a guy who knows he's crossing a line. He's kind of sympathetic about it, but but I'm like. Gosh, I, I am, I'm still that, convinced that uh, at some point in development, the idea of it being the Red Hood must have existed, yeah, right? It, right? I feel like, I feel like, yeah, no, like you mentioned it, there's so much that would pay off this being like Jason, right? Because mm-hmm. like all of the, you know, oh, I only ever lost one person, right, kind of thing. And yeah. Like, and like all of the, the red motifing and God, yeah, the no, Red no, Hood? I, I wonder yeah. The Crimson if- Cloak? I wonder yeah. if it was that during it, but like when they like got the pitch to WB, they were like, uh, this no. is a little too dark for a Scooby-Doo. <laughs> you want to run it back? <laughs> we can't, we can't have Brave and the Bold Joker beating Jason Todd to death with a crowbar. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> yeah. This is the Joker that there's an episode that's part of like a several parter where he's just teamed up with Batman. Joker yeah, is the can't. hero of the week for an episode. We can't we can't have that. I mean, you could kill him in a different way, but famously though. Famously, it, famously. it was the Joker. Yes. God, okay. Oh. I mean, I we I guess we can continue with the actual movie, but I'm going to live no. in this alternate universe where this movie existed Look, like that. I, I'm I'm also moving to that universe because it's a better universe to live in narratively. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Batman says, so it's got to be a new person unless. Unless. Um, unless maybe it's, uh, I mean, it might be uh, Sam Scarlet, who was Leo's. Oh, we got to, I got to, I got to get to the flashback first. He doesn't ever explain the flashback. Uh, because oh, yeah, we he says that he get all the stuff from the Batcave. Elma gets hyped about there being a Batcave, but not getting to see it. Um, Fred tells Batman, hey, let us help. It's the whole point of being a mystery analyst is that we can help you. Um, so Batman breaks out the unsolved case file, and everyone here at this table will be the only ones to have ever seen what's inside. Uh, and we get a flashback to Batman's first year as a crime fighter. He has the longer ears on the suit, and the purple gloves. Um, Professor Milo had a big portal machine, uh, but one of the subordinates, Leo Scarlet, gets pulled into the portal as it explodes. Batman, like, tried to save him, and also the other, uh, subordinate, Wade Magni. But it just it didn't happen. The the sleeve ripped and he got pulled in. Um, and so the gang are like, all right, we gotta narrow down some potential suspects, presuming he's not mm-hmm. just an actual real ghost. Um, and Batman's just like, uh, so yeah, Professor Milo is uh gone due to rats. I looked that up. What? Yeah, I, I, looked, I also it was saw a throw- what it was. Yeah, it was a throwaway line. I was like, surely this means this has got to be a reference to something, and it is. Uh, apparently, in an, in an early episode of uh, Brave and the Bold, this character does show up, and the Spectre, DC's Spirit of Vengeance, turns him into cheese and leaves him to his own rodents. Um. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That man got turned into cheese and eaten by rats. Yeah, he is dead. He is canonically dead. Spectre does not play around. And Sam Scar- or, uh, and Leo Scarlet's father, Sam Scarlet, used to be an expert scientist who swore revenge, but then. Nothing really ever came of it. Uh, and Daphne gets an idea and writes down uh, Wade Magney's name, but then rearranges the letters, because that's clearly Edward Nigma. 
aka yeah, doc- the Doctor Wade Magni. How did I miss that? That's a great question, Batman. M- Batman, Batman, you are not doing well on this mm-hmm. mystery, mm-hmm. my dude. Mm-hmm. That's two for two so far. It's he needs to do more to word, word jumble. Yeah, yeah. The um, one thing that, and again, because I love uh, analyzing uh, literature, and I love overanalyzing. Uh, narrative stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there's a fun fact in this flashback uh that kind of informs our later on you know brave and bold batman because year one batman uh, like cassidy said has the longer ears and the darker palette overall doesn't really talk much doesn't say anything doesn't quip definitely doesn't smile the entire time uh so you can see this as like a traumatic experience that sort of pushed batman in a softer direction mm-hmm. uh yeah so the gang and bats go to arkham asylum and they find the Riddler, and the Riddler's like, uh, one is a dog, not a dog. One is purebred. <laughs> uh, you know, so he sphinxes the gang so they can get some info from him about Milo. And he just plays the guilt card about Bats being the one who couldn't save Scarlet, not him. Oh, but thank you for saving me. Yeah. Just a jerk move. This entire um, Arkham section. Uh, is another one I took kind of extensive notes on here because weirdly enough, this reminded me sort of right off the bat of a uh, bat of a pretty uh, classic story um, from Grant Morrison and uh, illustrated by Dave McKean called Arkham Asylum: A Serious House on Serious Earth. Um, they they drop a lot of the plot points, but the idea that this is a very dark place to be and that it almost becomes this um, pseudo fantastical place, like. A lot of Riddler's dialogue here, like maybe it's fate, uh, you know, uh, the like the the white hot rage of this ghost, and like like it's all very flowery, like, mythical kind of language throughout this hmm. entire Arkham sequence. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I got some Grant Morrison vibes. That's hmm. really cool, though. Yeah, I, I'd believe it. I, I think that the crew behind—I don't know a lot about Batman, but I feel like the crew behind Batman: Brave and the Bold as a whole are very like keyed into a lot of that stuff i could see it between that and some of their deeper polls for like the the guest heroes to show up like there are several characters in dc comics like and universe that i only know because they were in a single episode of that show like i (laughs) deep i don't think it's as deep of a cut but like i wouldn't know who dead man was if he didn't show up on the show oh yeah dead man's great um and stuff like that so but, but like that and to a lot of the imagery being stuff that like makes narrative sense but not actual sense like mm-hmm. the uh like the burgers with just knives in them <laughs> like what the Bates burgers the Bates burgers just a giant line of burgers that have actual knives sticking through them in mm-hmm. Arkham Asylum of all places yeah, why not let's just give the inmates a bunch of knives it's fine i mean it makes it really, really funny that they then have a food fight. Yeah, they're throwing knife, like knife burgers at each other. Yeah, due to Applebee's knife burger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the apples or the bees. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so he gives them the runaround, but he says, "I'm not going to tell you who the Crimson Cloak is or what it is, but I am going to point you to go check out Scarlet's grave. It's here in Arkham Cemetery." It's where they buried the sleeve of his lab coat. The only thing left. Um, Shaggy and Scooby ran off because they got spooked earlier. Mm-hmm. And they ran they to the cafeteria, the cafeteria. Where we, the, the 
previously mentioned Bates Burgers and the mm-hmm. uh, some sort of the, the Hannibal salads and mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. pasta Al Capone or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Which appears to just be a hot dog covered in sauce, and I love that. <laughs> Meanwhile, Batman, Fred, Daphne, and Velma re-encounter the Crimson Cloak. Yep. Um, who who shuts down the power, releasing all of the inmates, which mm-hmm. I think is a really big security flaw, but it's fine. It's DC. It's also like that's just a way it needs to be for the safety of the inmates. Actually, that's true. Um, but also, like, that came into play in the video game, Batman Arkham Asylum. Oh, interesting. Uh, and Arkham Asylum is actually based on Serious House on Serious Earth. And it all comes full circle. It nice. all comes full circle. Um, so the gang all runs as Batman's slowing the villains down, and I, want, I have to point out in my notes, oh, yeah, there's the music meister. Oh, nice. Um, um, but you could do that with literally any Batman villain during the scene and some later scenes. Yeah. There's a oh, lot yeah. of Batman villains in they- this. They do a really good job of making them distinct, and I love that. Yeah. Uh, Scooby and Shaggy also encounter a whole bunch of villains, but a food fight ensues instead. Yeah, they're just sitting there eating, and then the girlfriends show up, and they're like, hey, I'm going to beat you over the head with a big mallet. I love this moment, by the way, because Harley (laughs) Quinn's just pops out a massive mallet. Where did that come from? Doesn't Uh, matter. Beats me. Beats you, too. (laughs) Yes. Love that. Har- Harley is in this movie for like maybe five minutes, and she steals the entire scene. I love her so much. Also, also, I love her design in this. It's got like like a flapper kind of look to it. Yeah, it's very good. It's, good it's like she does not look like a classic Harley Quinn, but she's Harley Quinn. You know, yeah, yeah she's it, very recognizable while also being very distinct. It kind the of voice helps. matches how like Joker's design in this series, Batman: Brave and the Bold, is like different in some ways from like the standard joker design it's less angular it's a lot curved curved. reminded me of the oh one of the earlier jokers uh yeah he's based on um and i actually i just recognized this off the bat but he's based on his very early um like i want to say 40s and 50s kind of like comic book version um where if you look at like older illustrations of joker it's just that Mm-hmm. And uh, my my suspicion is that they altered the Harley uh, design to kind of be more in line with that, like, like you know, jazz era aesthetic, which I love. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I love that they match, even though they're never in the same scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. I'm trying to remember if they're in, like, similar scenes at all during the show, and I don't remember. I can only ever think of Joker showing up without Harley. Let me look yeah. this up very quick. Uh, anyways, so yeah, they they get a food fight to start so they can eat their way out of the mess. Uh, and they run into the rest of the gang. And then there's a hallway chase scene between cells and Batman's fighting a bunch of villains in the chase scenes. Uh, and then when they all run outside, they weld the doors shut behind them to keep people inside. Uh, does not work because there are other entrances and exits to the building, but we won't learn about that happening until later. By the way, I wanted to mention something, if only because I, I actually wrote it down. There's there's a chase sequence like in here, where it's a classic, classic Scooby-Doo chase sequence. Mm-hmm. And it is so incredibly boring. And I think it's all to do with the music. Yeah, there's no, like, this isn't the, in a lot of Scooby-Doo movies recently, and honestly, even like way, going back into like the mid-2000s, mm-hmm. um, 
they usually will drop in like a lyrical song here that's been custom made for this. Whereas here, I think they're just using like incidental background music from Batman mm-hmm. Brave and the Bold. Yeah, and it's like even even like a non-lyrics song, but more of a Scooby Doo chase sequence song, and not a Batman one. Would have worked so and much better. And also, we're yeah. very pulled out from the chase during the hallway. Like, gag. Yeah. Like, there is a part it's... where, like, Batman's in the far distance just beating up a bunch of goons and then smoke bombing away. But you can, he's like maybe an inch big on my screen because he's so far away and the camera's so pulled out. The camera at one point pans down. That's how far out we are. Yeah. And, like, and like, some of that's not... because it's trying to show three floors of it, but you don't need to show three floors of it. Yeah, I think it could have been both much better, like, constructed as, like, an, an, a shot, but also it needed better music. It needed yeah. something more with more punch, pun intended. Mm-hmm. Wham, bam, pow. I, yeah, yeah I, I would agree. It, it needed that, like, Benny Hill kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you could have done a bit. Uh, granted, this would have required you to get Neil Patrick Harris on this movie, but <laughs> you do have the music meister in this scene. Yeah, music mm, meister they, they, does the chase music. That that uh, that would have been amazing. That would have been a good call out. Um, but yeah, so they they escape uh, and they lock the doors behind them, uh, and so they head down to the cemetery. And there's a bit, there's a fun little bit of Batman offering a flashlight to Fred, who whips out his own flashlight. <laughs> And Batman has, like, a really proud smile on his face. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, look at these kids being prepared. Yeah. Okay. I have I have one question for you, by uh-huh. the way, while we're here in, in, the, in the graveyard. Why did they bury Leo here? Dramatics. Because uh, technically he was part of a villainous plot. Yeah, but he was never incarcerated here, and he had next of kin. Uh, it was only a sleeve. Uh, maybe it was cheaper? Why did they bury his sleeve in, like, a mausoleum? Dramatics. That's dramatics. <laughs> I think I think the Riddler put that there. That's yeah. probably true. Because he did spray paint a big old question mark on it. I mean, I, that's true. I, I, I'm delighted by two options. Riddler somehow got this to happen when it happened. And maybe maybe like a whole sob story or something like that. That'd be very funny. Or... Riddler just straight up planted this here, and this was someone else's mausoleum. Well, okay, here's oh. the thing. There is a footprint in this in this room that otherwise doesn't have any reason to be here. So uh-huh. clearly, clearly this is not even a sleeve from that guy's jacket. It's just a ripped piece of fabric that Clayface put here. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why his I, footprint's here. I think... Like, yeah, this, is, this is just an elaborate ruse. <laughs> Why give this to them though? Like, like, are they leading them somewhere? It's, yeah. Okay. It, so okay. here's the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. that way things can get planted in the van. Yep. Oh yeah, that's right. It's because again, spoilers. We know that that footprint is actually a clay face. Mm-hmm. And so this is specifically to lead Batman to the clay face, knowing that he'll take the clay face. Yeah. But also, it's like while they're distracted looking at the mausoleum. Clayface or another villain, or you know, maybe like even the Riddler or whoever, can just plant the isotope vials in the mystery machine. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. sure enough, here's the detective who also may not actually be the detective. That's true. Knowing what we know, yeah. Uh, who's looking inside? I... He's got his warrant. Um, I have a very important question, and this is more like a, a 
DC in general question mm-hmm. slash superheroes mm-hmm. in, in general. Mm-hmm. How do you prove anyone did anything ever when you know that there are people who can look like other people? Usually it's so you can have tabs. It's because you have tabs on the people who look like other people. Yeah. So do they currently have tabs on Clayface? Well, apparently the back computer says he's still in Blackgate. So they thought they did. <laughs> but the interesting thing about this version of Clayface, and this is to get a little inside baseball, is that we know that this Clayface can split into multiple copies himself. That's true. Which means Clayface may well have been in Blackgate. But well, that's not a good all point. Of him. So interesting thing about that though is that um just cutting all the way back to the beginning or to the end, doing more spoilers here. Mm-hmm. Um the Riddler in Arkham is also Clayface. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by the end of the movie, when they go to check on him, he's been turned to dust. So I don't know if those copies can like be permanent or if they it dry be, up over time. It might be that because one of the Clayfaces got dehydrated. Wait, no. It ha- Did it happen multiple times, the, mo- the dehydration? Yeah, because they dehydrate yeah. the one in the cave and then they dehydrate okay. the Crimson Cloak. Okay, my yeah. theory is gone then. Well, not I was thinking maybe the, they're connected. We know the Crimson Cloak is kind of like the main Clayface, but like all of the ones that he splits off are sort of subordinate to. So maybe when they took care of the main Clayface, the other ones just mm. kind of dried out. Maybe. Could be. It's magic. It's fine. It, comics it's magic. science. It's fine. Yeah. It's all very scientific. Yes. De- dehydration ring. Yeah. yeah. Which we that, forgot to mention, didn't we? No, that doesn't happen we, yet. We, yeah, we they haven't, haven't gone to the Batcave. Yeah. Uh, not yet. Oh, They're that's right. To. God, I'm oh, uh, because there, we're ta- telling all these spoilers. I keep yeah, getting all mixed up. Yeah. There's a funny bit right here, by the way, where uh, Harvey Bullock basically says, "Don't do anything stupid." And Batman is essentially, "Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do something stupid if I want. I'm I'll Batman. do whatever I want. Like to. this. Like this. I'm gonna do something stupid." Yeah. So the rest of the mystery analysts are here, and they're all like, "Hey, Batman, just come on in. You got to do the right thing." And Batman's like, "Ha." Huh, no, I don't. And throws down a smoke bomb when they all run into the mystery machine and take off. I'm sorry, yeah. have you met me? <laughs> um, also, um, Batman froze the, the clay yes. face footprint to take it with him. I was gonna say. Um, um, so yeah, they, they um There's they a giant off. chase It's a giant chase sequence that comes up. It's like four minutes long or something like that. Yeah. Um, um, and so. the giant chase sequence includes both the heroes no, I, I need also, to go through this because it's so long and yeah. there's a lot of stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. It's uh, so funny. Yeah, but before they like get take off, like uh, the detectives like listen, all of you other heroes, Batman and th- these kids are clearly villains because they've let out half the inmates in Arkham, and they have the stolen isotope in the back of their van. Um, and so yeah, they take off. Um, and shoot, Scooby's the one who's driving. Um, mm-hmm. because as we've seen in Moon Monster Madness. Scooby canonically has a real-life driver's license. Scooby is people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he, he drives them to the city uh, manically. Um, they get chased for a little bit, but they manage to break away, and they end up in a deserted part of Gotham that's like entirely villain-run. And they are cornered in an alley by Bane and some other villain who I don't know. It's The only other like big Batman villain I could think of would have been like Solomon Grundy, and this does not look like a Solomon Grundy. I think I think that is supposed to be Blockbuster. Okay, that is a name that is in the uh, the the credits. I just didn't pick put a name yeah, to it, a face. It's not it's not like a classic Blockbuster design, but I think that's who that's supposed to be. 
Uh, and instead of Batman going out to fight them, instead Shaggy and Scooby go out and they do a tailgate routine. And I cannot tell if this is supposed to be a Chicago in accent or not. That's a great <laughs> question. But it ends it's with them good, blasting them in the face with mustard and relish and driving off. Um, and then Scooby tries the mystery machine through the wall of a villain's bar and Joker and the Penguin are like, hey, <laughs> why'd you do my, that? My favorite part about this um, is that so in in the first part of the chase where Scooby is driving, it's because they all just crammed into the mystery machine and whoever was up there like got on the wheel. Mm-hmm. But then when they stop to uh, to give um, Bane and Blockbuster the shake, Shaggy and Scooby get out and go to the back, and they just wait for the dog to get back in the driver's seat. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because Batman's in the back seat, and the gang trusts Scooby. So, like, yeah, but it was a whole, it was it was an extended bit. Fred usually drives. <laughs> he was in the van. <laughs> Scooby's the one who knows how to conduct a chase sequence. What That's what true. is that very specific form of driving? Defensive driving? Yeah, but like. Scooby took a defensive driving class. They, they even they even make a make a joke early on that Scooby's a bad driver because Batman's like turn left and Scooby doesn't and you know Daffy's like what do you expect he's a dog he doesn't know his left from his right st- he just doesn't still- know his left from right he, this doesn't mean he's not a bad not a good driver yeah he like, he's still- pulling off stunts that you need to be a trained stunt driver to pull off they still I they, I just love that they wait for the dog to get back in the driver's seat. <laughs> It's good. Uh, Joker and the Penguin are like, alright, the rest of you villains in this bar who are all lower level than us, get in our cars and we'll give them what for. Yes, but after they crash into the wall, because there's a second part of this dog driving thing, after they crash into the wall, Batman actually moves Scooby out of the way and takes the wheel so the villains think that he crashed them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I can't tell if he's trying to protect the kids or just take credit for this. Well, I mean, what what would be the difference in reaction of, like, Joker and the Penguin being like, oh, it was the Batman and his gang of hippies versus that dog just drove a car in here. <laughs> right? The one thing, like, they, they might not have recognized the dog, but they would definitely recognize Batman. So it feels like this was just to draw attention. <laughs> anyway, so they get chased by uh, the Joker and the Penguin uh, and the various villains that have crammed themselves into their respective vehicles. Um, and they're being chased about, uh, at one point, Joker flings a bunch of villains, like a pie, onto the top of the mystery machine. Um, and to help out, Batman has the Batmobile remote pilot towards them. He jumps out and attacks people atop as the gang has to jump from moving vehicle to moving vehicle. Um, Daphne is all in for it, because Daphne is a daredevil and lives on the edge. Mm-hmm. Um... And Batman then joins them as the mystery machine just drives off a cliff and all of the villains follow. Like you do. Mm-hmm. And so they're all in the Batmobile now, completely clear of any villain chasing. Uh, when Martian Manhunter shows up to try to stop them, but Batman uh, looks at the buttons on his thing, and instead of hitting the, the fire one, hits the, the Martian Manhunter repellent, which is just a box of cookies. Mine. It's a very good bit. Uh, Plastic Man also fails to stop them, and then all of the heroes that would be chasing Batman and the gang end up taking care of all of the villains that went to go find a destroyed van. I'd like to um, interject and say, as someone whose only experience with Martian Manhunter has been Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, I I really enjoy this this Martian Manhunter so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's so it's, fun. Yeah, it's a very goofy take on the character, but it very yeah. much works. 
Uh, and so the gang all end up in the Batcave with Batman. And we see, you know, all the different sidekick costumes and Batman's original costume and the dinosaur and the penny. Mm-hmm. You know, all the classic Batcave accoutrement. They mm-hmm. they make a big deal out of all of the sidekick costumes. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's never going to come back up later. Oh, no, no it's not a Chekhov's uh, De- armory at all. Yeah, definitely so not foreshadowing. How does Batgirl fit into your timeline? Uh, Batgirl is a pretty early um, sidekick, so okay. I think that still works out. I don't know the timeline of all the sidekicks, necessarily. So it goes it goes, uh, Dick, then Barbara, then mm. then Jason, then Jason dies, then Tim, uh, and then Damien. Ace the Bat Hound depends on your continuity, but that's fine. There's a Lady Robin in there somehow, right? Uh, yes, yes, but she is uh, in the bad Frank Miller comics. Oh. She's a great character, okay. but she's she's a future Robin. Okay. Uh, anyways, yeah, so they're all there, and yeah. there's all the stuff there, and Batman activates the back computer, and they see a news feed of uh, Shaggy stealing some can- canisters of something. Yeah, um, they're all confused by this, but Velma out- points out that it, ne- it cannot be Shaggy, because Shaggy left behind a box of donuts on camera, which, mm-hmm. you know, would never have happened. But they do have, he does have a signature slouch and dead soulless eyes. <laughs> His soulless beady eyes. Yes, like a doll's Scooby's eyes. the one to, do, to point that one out, which, uh, God, it's so funny. It's a, such a good bit. Such a good bit. Yeah, so he tells the gang to sit tight while he goes to double-check the experiment, like, location. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he does suggest to Velma that she could start researching the footprint, much to Velma's delight. Yeah, he used the Bat Lab, and Velma's like, hell yeah. yes, I get to use the Bat Lab. I'm gonna use the yeah. Bat Lab. And Shaggy and Scooby uh, eat a bats. bunch of dehydrated fruit, food. Yes. Yes. Uh, you gotta set so. up the Bat Dehydrator as an actual yeah. thing, because of it's gonna course. be important later. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so Batman leaves them all there, and he returns to the old laboratory, um, and who's, guess who shows up? Who's there to help him in his time of need? It's Aquaman! It's Arthur Quirot. Outstanding! Yeah. That's outrageous, sorry. Outrageous. Outrageous! Yeah. Because uh, Aquaman believes in Batman. Yeah, they're besties. Yeah. There's a, an episode mm-hmm. where Aquaman and... um. The atom shrink down to enter Batman's bloodstream. Oh, that's good. And Aqu- Classic. Aquaman uh, befriends like a platelet or something that is the shape of a seahorse. <laughs> uh, that would be malaria. Batman has malaria. <laughs> oh, he is he is poisoned by something, and that's why they're there. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Um, mm. The the mm. question also shows up after a little bit of spooky. Ooh, what's what's there? Um, oh yes, this is a thing here where Batman hears the whisper again and Aquaman does not hear it. Batman! Uh, But then apparently it's the question who maybe was there? Yeah, there was some um, wrestling. So, of note is that Aquaman points out that the question is not speaking in questions and also apparently has a sense of humor now. Making some jokes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some jokey jokes. Yeah. He's been hanging, apparently the question's just been, you know, hanging out with the others too often. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but here's the there's the cloak. teleporter. Yeah. And what my notes have written here as the teleportatin machine. Teleportatin. <laughs> Got to teleportate. Uh, and, you know, so Clemson Cloak's there, and Batman's like, ah, so you must be Sam. And Cloak's like, no, that name means nothing to me. 
Uh, and then the three heroes are either wrapped up in cloth or buried under rubble. Notably, it's Sorry the-, the question. You won't be seen for the next, like, 15 minutes or something. And we never saw the question again. Technically, we haven't seen the question since the beginning of the movie. That's yeah. true. It's been a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the mud at the Batcave comes to life and is terrorizing the gang. While Batman sees just a, a hint of a flashback before waking up to being suspended. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Cloak's Warehouse location. Batman calls him Leo, but Cloak's like, Leo's gone. Uh, and he turns the machine yep. on. And we see, like, the Crimson Cloak is, like, losing shape and swelling up occasionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is this addressed? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Shat- I was about to make a connection, but... Ah. Uh, well, I'd love to hear your well, connection. Well, hold on. Yes, let's well, hear your connection. Yeah. I was going to make the connection to the next scene where, um, the, uh, clay face that's in the Batcave gets overwhelmed with the bat dehydrator. Uh, mm. That would be an interesting connection, but uh, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I could see, you know, honestly, I could see that, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, Daphne goes to the bat computer and reveals who the villain is to everyone but us after they dehydrate the mud. Um, and they try to contact Batman, but when they go to do so, the video feed just shows him being captured by the Crimson Cloak. Mm-hmm. So Fred they gotta go help them. has a plan B, and the B stands for Bat. Mm-hmm. I don't know why this was necessary, but it's good. It's it's well, necessary so that way it, it's just there, you know? Well, <laughs> I will say it's necessary because of the excuse that if the gang goes out while they're themselves, um, they will get captured by the police. That's true. Oh, right, they're wanted, I forgot. Yeah. But also yeah. so is Batman. But also, but also it's like, th- yeah. it's cool. Yeah, it's it's just cool. They also I will they say, need the stuff on the utility belts. You're in I will the say cave. The costumes are right there. The, you you, how many duplicate costumes are out there where the police would just ignore the gang because they're obviously not the original people. There is I mean, um, there there is an arc. This is part of the arc where Joker's a good guy for a little bit. Um, where alternate dimension characters come into play. Oh, um, Owl Man from the Evil Dimension shows Ooh. up. Ooh. Hmm. I haven't heard about Owlman in a very long time. Yeah, and so there, there's an extended bit where Owlman is dressed like classic Batman with the long nice. ears, I think. I know at the very least he does disguise as Batman for a bit. Whether or not he has the long ears is undetermined. Um, but yeah, I guess like there's enough Batman impersonators that show up over time that it's like... Yeah, it's a that's... viable way to hide. Yeah. Anyways, uh, uh, they, they show up. Uh, well, they don't show up just yet. Batman has Aquaman try to distract Crimson Cloak while he tries to cut himself free, but uh, this does not work at all. Uh, and he opens up the portal and he plans to scatter Batman everywhere. Uh, but then a battering comes in and shuts off the machine because it's the gang and they're all dressed up in the sidekick outfits. Uh, and I want to talk about how Shaggy's hair is swept back and is incredibly yes. different looking. It's... <laughs> mm-hmm incredible it's like he really got into the nightwing spirit and i love it uh and so the the cloak splits and turns into melty versions of a bunch of the rogues gallery uh and there's another chase sequence of slapstick and stuff as they go through this abandoned science facility uh and everybody but fred gets surrounded by all of the the different crimson cloak alikes but then fred calls out now and they all smoke bomb out of there before fred blasts them all with the dehydration ray. Mm-hmm. And then the cops and the analysts show up after a slight cut. And they vacuum up mm-hmm. the dust. 
And Vilna adds a drop of water to the dust to reveal that it was actually Clayface. I was going to do an unmasking here, but listen, we've talked about it being Clayface so much. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it's, it's Clayface. It's Clayface. Uh, yeah. uh, Daphne gives us the rundown of who Clayface is. If you know Batman, if you know who Clayface is in Batman, then that's Clayface. It, it's mm-hmm. Clayface. Also, I love Clayface's motivation here because it is hashtag relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the reason he did this and why he was like all goopy up earlier is that his body has picked up some sort of bacteria strain that was causing it to break down uh, and that he was doing this because someone offered him a cure to steal the isotope rebuild the machine and frame mystery incorporated mm-hmm. clayface mm-hmm. turned to crime to fix a medical debt after after a mild, a mild infection and uh it's, mm. mm-hmm. hashtag relatable uh and batman's just like oh yeah the person who did that was the riddler by the way he just drops that yeah. knowledge without any <laughs> build up he's like oh yeah it was the riddler yeah mm-hmm. uh clayface gets taken back to blackgate um and detective chimps like hey how could the Riddler, if the Riddler's in Arkham? And Batman's like, yeah. ha the Riddler was never in Arkham. Yeah. Feels uh, like you could have mentioned that earlier. Joke's on me. Yeah. Batman uh, calls security guard at Arkham. And Fake asks, Dom Knotts. Yeah, I, yes. yes. I had that noted too, yeah. Yeah. Asks them to look into the Riddler, and I wanted to point this out because I was delighted by it. Riddler is in cell DC-140. Which, I looked this up, it is the detective comic that the Riddler first debuted in. Hmm, it's a good little nod there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a clay decoy. Yeah, all dusted right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's actually been near them all the whole time. So Batman just rips off the questions mask, revealing that it's the Riddler. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. he's been disguised as the question since that fight at the beginning of the movie. Because the Riddler there was actually Clayface, and there's a random henchman that was the Riddler in disguise. You know, like they did. It's a double blind, real shell game, as they they call it. A yep. little three card Monty. Um, but before uh, Riddler, his name can was be... Edward. But I'm... <laughs> uh, before Riddler could be like super captured, um, he escapes yeah. back into the lab. He has cuffs on his hands, but like he just takes off the gloves that were the questions hands. Yeah. Um, he reactivates the teleporter and prepares to use it. Yeah, he's gonna use he, it to okay. just destroy parts of Gotham City forever. Like, okay, Edward, are you okay? Why? No, he's, no, he's having a day. It's like, why is this his motivation? I thought his motivation was just to outwit people. I didn't think it was to destroy all of Gotham. Like, yeah, Riddler! Kind of Riddler, come on! Like, Clayface had a relatable motivation. Riddler is just like, I wanna blow stuff up. Yeah, I was like, come on, guys, this is not Riddler motivation worthy. Anyways, the question comes out of nowhere and just punches the Riddler out. Yeah. Um, and the other Where's hears, the question been? I don't know, that's, that's certainly the a question. question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, the other heroes take out the henchman and Batman's like, oh, I hear that voice again. Uh, I need to go destroy oh, that machine. Wow. But Scooby's like, I hear that voice too, because I'm a dog and I can hear things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like Leo is on the other side of the portal, so they need to reverse the pora- polar- polarity. Polarity. Goodness. <laughs> they need to reverse the polarities to save him, so Batman goes up there and he almost gets pulled in, but Scooby helps him not get pulled in. And everybody gets pulled out just as the portal overloads and explodes, and Leo Scarlet is 
pulled back into the world and is safe and alive and checked out by the paramedics. Um, and it turns out Batman has been hearing this voice because in the first encounter with the teleportal machine, it put him on the right wavelength. So that way, whenever he was near the isotope, you'd hear it. It's fine. It's fine. Wouldn't that mean Can't the Riddler hand-rings. could also hear it? Probably. So occasionally, the Riddler just hears, Batman! Man, that's gotta so. suck. Because <laughs> it's not even like a, a, a eerie warning again, like, to, to you specifically. It's like, why do I just hear someone wailing Batman? <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, I'm brushing my teeth. I come too near this weird jar. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting too because Riddler would have been in contact with the isotope a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that's why the Riddler just hates Batman. Yeah, he wants to destroy things because mm-hmm. he got so annoyed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so everybody says thanks and they all say their goodbyes and there's a bit where the gang claims to have figured out who Batman is, but they just compliment him about it. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, of note is that Leo Scarlet gets reunited with his father. Yes, which is nice. Yes. Um, Batman tries to give Scooby a bat snack, but Shaggy eats it. I am so disappointed because guess who I wanted to eat it? Ah, uh, should have yes. been Martian Manhunter. Uh-huh. Well, it's not uh, chocolate. Should have been Martian good. Manhunter. It's not chocolate because it's for dogs. I, I know, but still, it would have been really funny. You can't give Ace the Bat Hound chocolate. Yeah. No. Batman Although does not Scooby, eat hot dog. Scooby did eat an entire sleeve of chocolate cookies earlier. Movie, so yeah, uh, but I'm glad that uh, Shaggy finally got to have a treat because mm-hmm. he's been not getting one for like. This Here's movie. the thing: is that they should have just doubled down and had Shaggy say mine. Mm-hmm. That's a very that's that's actually much better. That also would have been a good bit, yeah. Anyways, holy Scooby Dooby Doo, Batman. Yeah, that's the yes. end of the movie. So that's the end of the movie. Um, mystery was okay, I guess. It could have been better, apparently, but also, like... I think it could have been I, so I think I understand where they're coming from, where it's like, if that was on the table at some point, I understand why they didn't go with it. Yeah, yeah. it would have been yeah. a wildly different movie. It would have been Big Hero 6. Yeah, that would have... Even more than it already is. It would have, it would have, uh been so affecting though like imagine them just dropping that in a in a flipping scooby-doo movie it would have been (laughs) incredible it would have been on par with shaggy rogers goes to hell swing big right yeah like god i want to live in that universe it would have been amazing if this had been the stealth jason todd origin story for brave and the bold that would have been amazing so here's the thing (laughs) brave and the bold had been over for several years before this movie came out that would have been so good. Imagine imagine that as a capstone on Brave and the Bold. Yeah, we're doing Red Hood. <laughs> There's Red Hood. Here's the origin of Jason. what happened to Jason Todd, who we've never mentioned. We're going to address but Jason this Todd. This is how he died, and this is how he comes back. We're going to address Jason Todd and Brave and the Bold, but we're going to do it via the, via the medium of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> God, that would have been so good. Oh, so Red Hood was in Batman Brave and the Whole World. Yeah, but really? it was just a regular Red Hood, like a, the old, like, a regular villain, right? Uh, no. Okay. So this was part of the uh, Owl Man and the Ultimate Dimension stuff. Mm. In Batman Brave and the Bold, Red Hood was a person from another dimension who was 
the Joker, but good. Okay. Okay. Mm. Yeah. That that is um that is a reference. It, to... it makes sense. Yeah. Because that was like one of the uh, perspective origin stories of the Joker. Yeah. Like in one of the books that's not really that good, but it's it's very prolific as yeah, a Joker it, book. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's from the Killing Joke where they basically. That's right. Yeah. They they go over like a bunch of various uh possible origin stories for the Joker mm-hmm. and Red Hood was a criminal persona uh that he briefly used before mm-hmm. he was the Joker. Yeah, this was and, um Yeah. He fought Owlman and then Owlman threw him into a vat of chemicals and he got all jokerfied. Yeah, um, and so he hides himself under a red hood to fight the syndicate of evil. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I think I think for me, the um so like as we've kind of mentioned, the actual mystery in this one was not great. It was okay, mm-hmm. but like the strength of this one weirdly is in the character moments. It, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. definitely the characters. Yeah, like there's a whole through line with uh, Batman in this that is it's played very, very like seriously. Where and and they even mention it towards the end. A lot of why Batman is ineffective at solving this particular mystery is because he is just racked with guilt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it was the first person up. he lost. Yeah, and and according to him, the only one. He is so caught up in his guilt over letting this guy die that he can't think straight. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the mystery gang has to do it. I guess that's why he just discounted Clayface as a potential, you know, yeah, fil- uh, like, per- person. Perpetrator. Yeah, he, he's just like, oh yeah, Clayface is a black kid, it's fine, just move on. Oh, also, I should mention like, that there is a meddling kids line, because he says, I wouldn't have reopened that case if it weren't for you meddling kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, there's a point where uh, Harvey Bullock calls them kids, and Fred's like, we're not kids, and Shaggy's like, well, people call us kids a lot, usually preceded by meddling. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Jeremy, I don't know how much you're going to be able to participate in this next bit, because it requires okay. you to have knowledge of several Scooby-Doo movies. I have seen at least three. Okay. Well, then maybe they'll come up. Good enough. We're starting with, hey, Bees, do you think this is better or worse than uh, Big Top Scooby-Doo? This is uh, for the folks at home, if you need help remembering, and also for Bees, who might need help remembering. Yes. Uh, This is the one where the mystery takes place at a circus, and um, there's that last act twist where it turns out the person that they arrested was like, oh, no, wait, he can't have been working alone. There was someone else. We oh, this just... is the three red herrings, but were actually just straight up not red herrings. They were the actual people. No, you're thinking of the 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 one where they're all the Phantom of the Opera again. Dang it! I always do that. You get them confused because they're very similar and they were back to back. That's um, right. This is the one like uh, it's these two guys and then all of these werewolves that are actually monkeys in werewolf suits. Oh yeah, and there's like. There's like 15 minutes left from the movie when the unmasking happens. Yes. And then there's That's that entire right. like last minute twist that came straight out of like a Fast and Furious movie where they're fighting on a train. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, I did quite enjoy this movie a lot. Yeah, so I do think it's better. better for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. That's a, let's see. That's a, uh, all right. Um, this would be more. Re- okay. Let me ask Jeremy. Jeremy, have you seen the second mm-hmm. live action Scooby-Doo movie? Uh, I have seen parts of it. Do you have enough for you to compare the, the movies? Otherwise, we're going to compare it to a different one. Um, I tell you what, I, I think I think I have a way to, to, to rank this movie, but I'll, I'll go at the end, if that's okay. Okay. 
Um, in that case, bees, I'm going to ask you whether or not you think it's better or worse than Happy Halloween Scooby Doo, which is the one where Scarecrow was in it. Oh gosh, uh, the fact that Scarecrow wasn't utilized quite as well as I think he could have been. Okay, you say that, but also there was a part where he's grapple hooking around with the scythe, That's fighting a giant pumpkin monster. True. That's true. It's such a good. And he bit. has and like he's, such he's a. He's just dropped in there. He has like such like a a weird like um like it it feels like velma and scarecrow have like this long-standing rivalry that they definitely don't have yeah okay i i i think happy halloween scooby-doo is is a little bit better i mean i could go either way but yeah (laughs) i just i need to defend scarecrow's inclusion in that movie i think i got hung up thinking about the um scare gas yeah but i i agree i agree just you know what, bees? I think I'm going to say it's better. I think I'm going to force you to go- make this go higher because okay. I like it more. I'm going with it. Yeah, sure. I have no opinion one way or the other. Okay. Because I do think it needs to go <laughs> higher than that because there are other movies above this that I'm like, I think it's better than that one. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the list. Hey, bees, uh, how do you think this movie compares to Kiss Rock and Roll Mystery? For the folks at home, this is the one where the band Kiss is there, and also they're space aliens, and there's a music video where (laughs) Scooby and the gang are being chased on their, like, electric guitar spaceship by fake MODOK. As a crossover, I think Kiss Rock and Roll Mystery is better? Yeah, I I, I do think this movie is not as good as the Kiss movie, but there are other movies on this list that I think it's better than, so I need to Yeah. Um, how does this movie compare to Shaggy's Showdown? This is the one where Shaggy's ancestor is a fake ghost at a dude ranch. Better. Okay. How does this movie compare to Daphne and Velma, the live-action directed DVD movie about Daphne and Velma? I'm gonna say better. Better than that? Okay. Then it's then it goes right here at our new number seven. Yep. God, there's just something about hovering over kiss rock and roll mystery that just made me lose it i'm just gonna have to put the and batman there so i know it's not just the tv show (laughs) okay jeremy did you have a thing you wanted to do uh i i so i was thinking like i can't really rank this quantitatively um as a scooby-doo movie but i can rank it as a batman movie Uh Uh, and in that vein, I think it actually ranks very high. Um, it is a better take on the character than any of the modern Batmans. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we haven't seen the Rob Pattinson one yet, as it is now. But the thing that really makes a good um, interpretation of the character is understanding that this is a character who ultimately cares very deeply. Yes. Um, especially about um, people who are in hard situations. Uh and so a lot of times the really good Batman stories are ones where he's actually trying to help the villain. Mm-hmm. And that is what this is. <laughs> because his ultimate motivation is about Leo dying. And, and so towards was the end. Part of the villain who, plot. Yeah. And, and Leo was by any means at that time, especially working for the villain. Like this is his driving motivation for this mm-hmm. entire movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that sense, it actually ranks definitely higher than any of the Nolan Batmans uh, mm-hmm. or the Bat or the Batfleck. Uh, I think you honestly have to go back to uh, Batman Returns, even like 1992, before you find a Batman that is morally invested in the well-being of the villain. And even in that case, it's only Michelle Pfeiffer because there's a romantic subplot. But like, 
was he uh, i it's been so long since mm-hmm. i've watched any of those batman movies was mm-hmm. he invested in mr freeze yeah i was actually just about to ask about mr freeze yeah yeah no you're actually right you would have to so so yes it's actually the joel schumacher uh batman which was also very good batman forever uh, yes batman forever uh or was that batman and robin that was batman and robin i think batman, batman and robin yeah batman forever yeah. was the one with um the Riddler? Two-Face and yeah, the Yeah, there's Riddler. Riddler and Two-Face, yeah. yeah. Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face is uh, excellent. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot stand this man's buffoonery. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I, lo- I love him so much. I gotta, um, I gotta sit and rewatch those Batman movies, because it's been literally, like, 15 years. But yeah, um, so in that sense, I think of the modern Batmans, I would actually put this one near, if not at the top. Mm-hmm. The DCAU Batman uh, animated films are overall very, very good. Um, but compared to the theatrical releases, I think this one is. is I would say the yeah. DCAU Batman has the benefit of having. Well, they both do because they both have the cartoon, like the full show. Mm-hmm. But DCAU Batman doesn't have the movie specific that that kind of focus in a in one of the movies. Aside from maybe like, well, no, I can't remember any of them anymore. But yeah, I, I yeah, agree t- with you. Yeah, I'm thinking of like the, the the new 52 ones where they do like um like all the Damian Wayne stuff because those are actually very very good. Um, but like uh, this one also does kind of give him a sense of humor and make him a character with you know fallibility, which is amazing because he's not like you know he's not inhuman. <laughs> yeah, it's the heart of Batman, which is yeah. caring about people. Caring, caring so deeply that he will literally go out and get himself almost killed on a regular basis yeah. to help the bad guys. Mm-hmm. And any any story that misses that just kind of misses the heart of the character. Yeah, it, it's so like I have that same kind of feeling when it comes to Superman stories. Is like mm-hmm. <laughs> Superman stories. I love them when they're they understand who Superman is and what his story is. Yes. And it you don't get that a lot because people don't understand or they just think he's boring and I'm like, No, but that's getting into a whole other conversation. Oh, yeah. I, I could I could I could have that conversation for days. Yeah, yeah, no, oh, I, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah. Good movie. Good movie all I, around. Yeah, I, I am willing to overlook the the mystery elements of this movie and the occasional like weird story choices because it is such a strong character like yeah. vehicle. It's like the gang says is. at the end of the movie, this is a Batman that is caring and sweet and kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a teddy bat. Yeah, he's a teddy bat. Alright, um... Yeah, I guess that's just... That leaves us here for plugs. Oh, hold on, I never actually read the full <laughs> list. Let me read the full list. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, from the bottom to the top, here's a list of all of the Scooby-Doo movies we've ranked and in order. Uh, Monster of Mexico, Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf, Scooby-Doo meets the Boo Brothers, Return to Zombie Island, Scooby Goes Hollywood, Scooby-Doo and Arabian Nights, Samurai Sword, Frank and Creepy, Curse of the Lake Monster, Gourmet Ghost, WWE Curse of the Speed Demon, Alien Invaders, Loch Ness Monster, Legend of the Vampire, Aloha Scooby-Doo, WrestleMania Mystery, Zombie Island, Music of the Vampire, Scooby-Doo 2002, Mask of the Blue Falcon, Lego Scooby-Doo Blowout Beach Bash, Pirates Ahoy, Lego Scooby-Doo Haunted Hollywood, Big Top, Curse of the 13th Ghost, Stage Fright, Scoob, Sword in the Scoob, Moon Monster Madness, Ghoul School, Sonic the Hedgehog 2020, Scooby-Doo The Mystery Begins, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, 
Cyber Chase, Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, Happy Halloween Scooby-Doo, Legend of the Phantasaur, Shaggy's Showdown, Abracadabra-Doo, Daphne and Velma, and Batman Brave and the Bold. <laughs> Kiss Rock and Roll Mystery, Where's My Mummy, Chill Out Scooby-Doo, Goblin King, Witch's Ghost, Camp Scare. It, I, I love the fact that either way you read this list, Daphne and Velma and Batman the Brave and the Bold, or Kiss Rock and Roll, roll Mystery and Batman Brave and the Bold. <laughs> Like, what a title! What a- oh gosh. Alright, now we can- now we can go to the plugs. Jeremy, would you okay. like to plug some stuff? I- I- uh, I- I write games mostly right now. Uh, so if you- if you like Magic Space Cowboys and you hate capitalism, uh, go check out Magitech Space Western, uh, .io slash Magitech Space Western. My name's in that book. Your name is in that book because you helped playtest it and I appreciate it. And, nice. uh, the second version is getting- getting- Getting to a point where I'm going to start playtesting. So it's 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 in the works. You get it for ten dollars right now. Price goes up once it's done. <laughs> All right. Um, is there anything you would like to plug that you are not involved with? Oh, anything that I would like to plug that I am not involved with. Um, yeah, I want to plug all of your podcasts because uh, pre uh, prepod engage is delightful, and everyone should be listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that. Yeah, you were on that too, though. You argued with me about yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, I was on that. What? two three times i think it's three times is it three times it's three times yeah because i was on both grandma cure episodes and the great Yu-Gi-Oh debate okay <laughs> yeah all right well speaking of our stuff bees yes you can find me on twitter at lava bees l-a-v-a-b-e-e-s and you can find this show on twitter at kids and their dog on twitter uh, you can find me specifically on Twitter at MadLobotanist, that's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T, and you can find my website, which has all of my podcasts that I do and that I've guessed it on, such as Precure Podcast Engage, which is a podcast that I do with my fiancé, Charlie, where we talk about the that's entire oh Precure franchise and also Ben 10. Um, you can find and that. occasionally what is and is not a magical girl show. Yes. <laughs> uh, you can find that uh, my website at uh, madlobotanist.neocities.org, which is the same as my Twitter handle, .neocities.org. Um, it's time, bees. It's time for the final episode next month. Oh, gosh. I, I can't it's believe it. it. It's unbelievable. You I literally cannot can't... fathom. It's been so long since we started this. Um, yeah, it's... It's all coming to a close, uh, unless, like I said, they drop a stealth movie in the next month or so. Mm-hmm. And yet it would still be coming to a close within two months. Yeah. Little do you know, they're dropping an entire Scooby-Doo cinematic universe. Uh, eight more movies in, like, two weeks. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... But yeah, so this last one that we have, as I mentioned before, it's going to be Scooby-Doo and Courage straight out of nowhere. Um, and I'll, I'll think about what I'm going to do about our guest situation on that one. Um, I'll float some ideas to some people and see what sticks. Pop off an email to Diedrich Bader. <laughs> Listen, I'm still thinking... In our first year of this podcast, I got like 20 bucks and I got... Uh, oh god, uh... What's her fucking last name? Why can't I? Okay, hold on. It's on my. It's hold it's on. our pinned tweet. Mindy Cohn. It, hold, hold on, hold on. I have to look something up. Hold on. Give Paid twenty dollars to Mindy Cohn to get her to say trans right. So, crossover of the century. 
Okay. That was after you could... we streamed the entirety of that PSP Scooby Doo game. Oh God, that's right. We never did another could... stream after that, but we did play that entire game. You could, you could send a message to Frank Wilker. Yeah. I mean, what's the worst that happens, right? <laughs> oh gosh. The worst that happens. Frank Wilker says yes, and then it's like, oh god. The worst oh, that god. happens is Frank Wilker says yes, and then gets eyes on our podcast, and then we get yelled at by internet lawmen. People, yeah. For our bad takes, such as having a <laughs> Pokemon Detective Pikachu on our ranking list for no, some No, I think reason. the thing that people would be mad at us about is that we have Zombie Island at, like, way below the bottom half of the list. Yeah, Zombie Island is, uh, number 31. Frank, if you're listening, if you're listening, you have a month. <laughs> Frank, if you're listening, don't tell Warner Brothers about us, please. Yeah. Frank, Frank listen. I promise. Come on this podcast. You won't regret it. <laughs> I know we're, we're close personal friends. <laughs> Frank, if you come on the podcast, I'll make you talk about Mountain Dew for 20 minutes. <laughs> Frank, I will... I will personally buy you a six-pack of Mountain Dew if you come on the podcast. <laughs> okay, stop! Frank, listen to me. Let me be frank. <laughs> you know what, Matthew Lillard, if you're out there listening. How's it going? No, no, Matthew Lillard. Frank Wilker, listen to me. Come on this podcast, you can talk about Megatron. Yeah. Talk about anything non-Scooby-Doo related. You have, you have a whole, a whole, a whole uh, body of work that you could discuss. Oh, Just, gosh. You don't, we, they will never touch Scooby-Doo the entire episode. We'll talk only about your other work. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do it. Oh, Make we it absolutely would do it. Uh, Warner Brothers, if you're, you are you're listening Frank. and for some reason haven't uh, pursued legal action against me specifically. Uh, <laughs> if you want to pay me, I will uh, do the dirty work of making an entire Scooby-Doo encyclopedia. And I'm not talking about, like, the shitty $20 one that I was given as a gift that only covers, the, like, the first three movie series. And even then, isn't, like, a full detailed encyclopedia about it. I'm talking, I will do the deep and dirty ish, where I will discuss, like, the plot of all these movies and, like, some trivia about them and, like, compendiumize all the villains. Whatever you want, I'll do it. I'll do the whole thing. <laughs> gosh anyways that's the show anyways so until our final time they would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for us meddling kids hey did you know that frank wilker played garfield in 2016 (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) we can stop recording now I'm okay. Using black canary as instrument of evil, you corrupt conductor. But if you expect me to play along with your twisted tune, she'll have to sing as high as me.